0: good evening today is June 28th 2022 and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous this week's chapter and step is step six into action and our speaker tonight is Wendy S and welcome and thank you Wendy
1: hey everyone um, thank you so much for having me uh, Wendy S Recovered compulsive overeater, Um, happy to be back at what I consider my home meeting. Um, So, and a little bit nervous because I kind of forgot that I was speaking and didn't prepare anything and usually have an outline. So, um, so I apologize ahead of time if it's disjointed and all over the place, but you know, that's life. So, um, so I guess um, I'll start With a bit of a qualification. So I've been in program actually officially this week for two years. And uh, I have a year and a half recovery. And, um, and it's been it's been a wild ride. Um, I let me let's let's get the shocking photos out of the way first. So.
2: Do that. Did it work? Okay. I think you can all see that.
1: So this is me for most of my adult life. Um, I am 52 years old, um, and, uh, probably have been overweight, plus sized, uh, something like that since I was 10 years old. So a really, really long time. Um, and, um, the, my, my, disease showed up as, you know, true compulsive overeating and excessive weight. Um, My top weight, I think in these pictures was uh, something like 278 or something like that. Um, I forget because I don't pay attention to it so much anymore. And um, this is kind of how I live every day now. Um, In the two years I've Dropped somewhere around 98 pounds, um, according to my <laughs> my uh, whatever it is the charts and who knows what. Like th- I could possibly lose more, I don't know. So I'm not one of those that says this is how I'm going to be forever. It's only been two years. I'm still a newbie in this program, um, and I and I don't know where my final resting place <laughs> will be weight wise. Um, but we'll see. And it's no longer. Um, that much of an issue for me. Um, and yeah, I guess I still, here, let me stop the share. Um, so uh, something that, that came up this week and, and I still kind of uh, pay attention to my appearance and how I look because I do look very different. And I visited my aunt who's 93 years old and has Alzheimer's um, last weekend. Uh, or actually Monday, Um, and I was worried that she wouldn't recognize me, because when I look in the mirror now, I see my sister's face looking back at me, which is a mixed bag, because I I think she's beautiful, and I love her, but we've had a very tumultuous relationship (laughs) throughout our lives, so, um, and we get along so wonderfully now, which I'm really, really grateful to this program for, Um, so, Anyway, so there are, you know, there are moments where I look in the mirror and I still see that first picture that you saw um, because I have that body dysmorphia. So I've had to really work this program to not be concerned about that, to not let that be um, forefront in my mind. But, you know, it still comes up every now and then. Again, two years in program, I'm not perfect. and, um, And I guess that's why we're talking about step six um so let's see let me uh let me read what it says in the book um page 76 of the big book and you see all my tabs i i spent a lot of time here (laughs) i just recently redid my tabs because they were such a mess um So uh, the top of page 76, step six, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone? If we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. Um, Real short, that's about all there is. (laughs) That is all there is in this book. Um, and when I first went through the steps with my sponsor, I was like, yeah, totally. Yes, (laughs) I am willing. I want them all gone. Um, and you know, the, the step really is, are we entirely ready? (laughs) So it's like, I have to ask myself, what is, what is ready mean? Because that first time I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Get rid of them. I'm done. Um, but then as I got a little bit more recovery, which is what I love so much about this program, the longer you're in it and the more you study, <laughs> and the more you work and practice, the more you learn and realize like your ideas just change completely. And um, so what I like to say is in, in this season of my program and in this season of my recovery, like step six is my jam. It's what I'm working on constantly it's what I love the most out of all the steps, but, you know, last month was something else. Um, so, um, so I look at, you know, what does ready mean? It doesn't mean like wanting or willing to change, um, not to like feel different or to be different. Um, You know, when I, when I started uh, really studying step six and really working my step six, it was like, I, you know, I wanted it to all be lifted. God, please lift it, you know, poof, it's gone. And that's not how it works. Like for me, I realized ready means doing the hard work that it takes to change, to be different, and then surrendering the change, surrendering the timing and all that other stuff to whatever the forces are at work that are at work. Um, so just like my food, you know, I had to do the hard work to say, this is the stuff that I have an allergy to. This is the stuff that triggers my disease. This is the, these are the behaviors that I use that are problematic for me. I had to be really honest and I had to recognize what they were. And then I had to put them down and that, that was hard work. And it's the same with these defects of character. So, you know, if you've been following along as we've gone through the book, (laughs) we were on step four. So we uncovered all of our defects of character, at least for the most part. Um, And then we talked about them last week with our sponsor or somebody else. And now we have to actually really do the work of like, do we want to get rid of them? Do I want to get rid of my defects of character? Um, And there's also something in the, in the, um, in the book and, and in the AA uh, 12 and 12. And I think I want to read that now um, because I think I got scared of, you know, once I got more into program and I got scared of like the, the entirely ready part to remove our defects of character. And I kept having these defects of character. And I was like, am I really recovered if I'm continuing to have these defects of character? Like they haven't gone away. They haven't been removed. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? So, you know, (laughs) defect of character right there. Um, So the uh, the bottom of page 65 in the AA 12 and 12 uh, says, so step six we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, is AA's way of stating the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. This does not mean that we expect all our character defects to be lifted out of us as the drive to drink or eat was. A few of them maybe, be, but with most of them, we shall have to be content with patient improvement. The keywords entirely ready, underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. So that's kind of like, whew! And also like, but I wanted them entirely removed. <laughs> and, and the thing is, what I always say to people, what I really believe is, you know, if, if God is everything or nothing, right, then our defects of character are God-given. They're not all bad. Um, you know, there's there's a usefulness to these defects of character. Like they, we created them or we learned them um, as we developed from childhood. And, you know, they protected us to some extent. They were useful for us in a lot of different ways. Um, And, you know, there's something to be said for, for, you know, therapy and analyzing the heck out of these things, which I have done, you know, plenty of at least 30 years worth on and off, um, which can be a lot of fun and really interesting. But as we know, in program, you know, knowledge (laughs) isn't the answer. It's actually practicing being in the solution. That's the answer. So, um, you know, I guess I, I could say like, most of my life, um, these defects of character that I had, like I was a victim of my family circumstances. Um, I was a victim of my depression, which I've suffered from my entire life. Um, I'm a a victim of society structures of other people's behaviors. Um, and for me working step six, it's not just that tiny little paragraph. This is like everything past, I think, um, step one, two or three, I forget what it is, is the program of action. So it's not just, I have to be willing, you know, to let go of these things. I actually have to do the work, the hard work that it takes. So I needed to look at some cold, hard truths about myself. Um, And not to, you know, pick myself apart and berate myself, but really look at and be honest. That's why one of the principles of program is honesty. I had to be mostly honest with myself. Like, what are these things that I'm doing? Um, You know, how are they serving me? How are they serving the principles of, you know, this program, my values and um, that I've created through you know, through working these steps and through my connection to whatever my higher power is, which is totally different than any of yours. So that's, you know, how we're all the same here. (laughs) We each have our own version of what that is. Um, And I think we, you know, I think there's also a collective uh, belief around what these values that we are living up to um, are. So um, one of my favorite, favorite uh, sayings that I heard in program early on was, um, if I am the problem, then there's a solution. If I'm not the problem, then I'm screwed, <laughs> completely screwed. That wasn't the word I heard, but, you know, um, <laughs> trying, trying to be a good girl here, um, <laughs> so <laughs> being recorded. Um, so that's like the key thing for me with step six is I have to, you know, and step four teaches us, we have to look at our side of the street. I have to look at where my defects of character at work. So I have to look at it in a, in a, on a daily basis of, you know, what is it that I'm doing and how is it perceived? Um, because if it's, you know, cause if I'm, I'm the problem, there's a solution. So if, if, if there's a, so there's a a model that someone taught me once of like, there's a fact. Um, So let's look at, you know, for me this, this weekend, last weekend. Um, So not only is my 93 year old aunt uh, an Alzheimer's patient, but so is my father, who's her younger brother. Um, And the reason that I drove up down to their place and then all the way to Long Island (laughs) was to take my dad to see his sister for possibly the last time. Um, So it was a lot of driving, um, a lot of dealing with two elderly parents um, and um, for a two hour visit. And so like the former me (laughs) would have been kind of pissed off from day one. Why do I have to do this? you know, that I don't want to do this. I don't want to spend my time in the car with these people. I don't want to drive in this traffic. It's two hours in the if tri- Anyone's ever driven from anywhere in, in New York to, to Long Island. <laughs> it's like crazy making. Um, and, and you know, traffic stuff is another one of my defects <laughs> of character and it always has been. Um, but so these are are the ways that I would think, act, behave. So like the fact is, I made a decision that I was going to drive my dad to see his sister. Um, and then there's thoughts that go along with that. So, so in the past, these thoughts would have been, you know, thoughts of agitation and fear and frustration and, um, you know, and anger and all that kind of stuff. And then um, from these thoughts, there are feelings that come up, you know, and I could get pissy and, and whatever. And then there's actions that I take from that. And, you know, the action could be snapping at my folks. The action could be, you know, a little bit of road rage. Um, The action could be a whole lot of stuff. Um, And ultimately, oh, wow, that was quick. And the action can be, you know, picking up the food. Um, But, um, you know, and then from that action, I create a new reality, which is tension. You know, so it's not just me having to to go and take my folks to this thing, but there's now this animosity between us, if that was the case. So what I've done throughout program um, is really look at each of those individual things and change them. So the reality of what happened was, you know, yes, there was still this feeling of like anticipation and maybe a little anxiety about the trip, but... Um, But I didn't act on it. And and when that thought came up, I was able to choose another thought, a second thought, a thought of, wow, I get the privilege of taking my father to see his sister for possibly the last time in their lives. And then, you know, I drove, you know, in the car with my mom. And despite her, you know, distracting me a lot, I was really calm with her. And I was able to speak my truth and say, hey, you know, this is distracting when you do that. So I really need to hear the GPS instead of having you telling me to look here, there and, and everywhere else. So speaking my truth is another way that I um, bypass those defects of character. And then I was able to be there for two hours while my father and his sister held hands, had tears in their eyes, like reminisced about the old times. They were both in this beautiful space of clarity and alertness, which, you know, and I had the privilege of being there and being able to do that. So despite the four hours of driving back and forth, and then, you know, the extra two hours of me having to drive back home after that, like it was such a privilege and such a beautiful thing for me to be able to experience. And my cousin who was there, the same thing was you know, she was crying and she was angry and we didn't take enough pictures and we didn't do this and we should have done that. And I can't believe this is their last visit, but I get to choose being in this program, being in step six, the way that is useful is of service is in integrity and in authenticity. And, um, Yeah. And one thing I want to say about authenticity, you know, I don't know how much time I have left a minute um, (laughs) or less is, you know, that acting as if thing I know is so hard for a lot of people and it was so hard for me as well. Um, And, you know, probably a year ago, all of what I just said to you would have been an act as if, and it wouldn't have been what I was feeling at all whatsoever. But I heard um, that, You know, authenticity is being true to a vision and purpose, and that vision and purpose is my principles and my values of what I'm trying to achieve in this program or what, I, you know, how I want to live in that, you know, as they say in program God's image kind of thing. Um, And it's okay if I don't feel it yet. That doesn't mean I'm being inauthentic if I'm acting as if even if I don't feel it yet. It's, it's that I'm learning by practicing and growing into these values and principles. And that's how I get to live up to them. And that's how I get to come home from this, you know, couple days with my family and, and be in this place of just joy and that it was such a blessing to be a part of instead of the old me, which would have been, you know, anything, but (laughs) anything, but. So, um, yeah, so I guess, uh, I guess to wrap up that wasn't, I guess that wasn't really what I was thinking of when I was, uh, when I agreed to talk about step six, but, um, for me really step six, like, you know, that one little paragraph I tell my sponsees, like after we do our step five, we read that. Are you willing, okay, that's what you think, but let's put a pin on it because we're going to be working this over and over and over and over as we go through every single one of the steps. And these steps are synergistic, they work on top of and with and through one another. And um, that's why I said at the beginning, like the more I'm in program, the more I become recovered because you know, I get this deeper understanding and it gets into my cells and into my bones and, you know, gets emitted from me. Um, you know, that, that happy, joyous and free thing. I never thought I would be, (laughs) um, I just never thought I would be. And I am even in the hard times, even in the depressed times, even in the stresses of dealing with, you know, horrible diseases and, and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I can still find the blessings. I can still find the joy. I don't have to be jumping up and down. Like everything's fine and nothing bothers me because things bother me. And that's the other key is like, I'm, I'm human. I am time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am human. I am imperfect and that's perfectly. Okay. (laughs) So thank you so much. Um, and so happy to be here and so happy to share with you.
0: Thank you so much, Wendy, for that wonderful, wonderful share. Lots to think and connect with. Um, So we are now going to open the meeting for questions or three minute um, for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study, uh, sharing questions to relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. So into action, step six, and we asks you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under the Reactions button at the bottom of the screen, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host, Francesca, will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Amy will um, set a timer for three minutes for each share. Thank you, Amy and announce when the time is up. If the speaker's asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer as well. Awesome.
3: Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Wendy. First, we have Kaylee.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Kaylee, compulsive overeater and restrictor living in a recovered state for today. Wendy, that was That was amazing. I mean, step six is one that like to to be honest, I can like graze over and not give it the time that it, like you just, you gave it the time and space for me to be like, like I was having these different light bulb moments when you said about the usefulness of our defects and how it made me think about how Just as the food was my solution to get through life until it wasn't, so were my defects. Like I think about how I grew up as this hyper perfectionistic human and it served me for a while and I was praised for it until a certain point like it created a lot of suffering and it's still one that I have to keep turning over and working with and I just loved that kind of reframe with the defects and that it just releases a lot of the shame to see how they did perfect, protect me or they were defense mechanisms or things like that. And to I always have the defecting, like abandoning one's home country. And like now what I love, like you said it, you said, I get to choose, like we have a choice. And when you broke down the, the facts, the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, I was just like, ah, like, okay, there's a reality that's going on. And when you get to the end of that loop, I can create a whole new reality that's so warped. And sometimes I'll have these moments where I'm in that warped reality. And I'll just look around me, especially if I'm outside, looking around me in nature, and I'll see the sky and the sun and the trees. And it's so beautiful. And I'm like, that's that's all fact, that's reality right there. But I'm creating this whole thing in my head. And I just loved when you said I get to choose. Because that's working, oh, I could just keep going, but thank you, Wendy, so much. That was amazing.
2: Thank you, Kaylee. Sally, please share. Okay, I'm unmuted. Oh, Wendy,
5: hi. Sally, we covered in Colorado. I'm so glad you shared that story about your family. When you were talking, what came up for me was that was a sacred encounter. That was a sacred encounter, and I love sacred encounters, and the only way I have them, and I work in the healthcare industry, I work in a nursing home, so that's my job is to listen to them and create safety for them, and I don't, daily, I don't do a great job at it, because you have a bunch of elderly at you all day, and it's hard not to react, so I do have to fake it till I make it. But one of the things that I do now is, is after I fake it till I make it, I feel so good that I didn't bite that hook and and get frustrated with them or angry with them because the the after effect of biting that hook and um, doing what I don't wanna do, I have a hangover, I have an emotional hangover, just like with the food and I don't want that anymore. I just don't want that anymore. And so I've been in this program a long time and it's like just now certain character defects are showing up and I'm like, oh my God, why did it take me so long? But thank you God. And to realize there was a payoff and um, working in healthcare. There's just a lot of nasty and, and gossip going around. And I had a Little piece of information the other day that I could have let out of my mouth and let people know which would have caused a a bomb to drop and I didn't and that's recovery because the old Sally would want to drop that bomb and then I'd have all these people on my side and my friends and my tribe all that stuff and um once again if I do that I'll have that emotional hangover so um Thank you, thank you for sharing that beautiful story. It just warmed my heart. Thank you, I'll pass.
6: Thank you, Sally. Ian, please share.
2: Hello, my name is Ian. I'm a Compulsive Overeater. Very grateful to be here. Thank you, Wendy, so much (laughs) for that lead. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, you were talking about willingness and I wrote down willingness to do the work is what matters. I don't know exactly what you said, but that was the takeaway that I had. And I just loved, um, I just loved that idea of, I think, you know, I was, I was ready for a long time. I was willing to like, have all, (laughs) to be a saint, basically, you know, I wanted to have all the, the, the effects of recovery without getting, doing the work, you know, but what really got me going was when I was ready to, do anything um and I think that's so important because like of course I want to be a saint like that's not what recovery is I've I am like I am certainly not a saint and I don't think I ever will be (laughs) you know I'll let you know if I'm wrong but I just find that like more than anything when you you said that step six is a lifetime you know this whole this whole program is a is a lifestyle it's a i'm gonna get to do this for the rest of my life and and it's about constantly being ready to recognize my defect and be like okay this is popping up Uh, and then then correct if i've done anything wrong and then and then grow it's like that constant willingness to to have the defect removed it's really just a constant willingness to to be a student in the world to grow and to learn. And I just think that's so beautiful. And I love step six for exactly that reason. Um, trying to think if there's anything else i to say. No, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your sharing. Thank you all for being here. I love you all. Thank
5: you, Ian.
4: Melissa what's next.
3: Thanks, Francesca,
4: Melissa, recovered,
3: compulsive overeater, sugar addict, night eater. Thank you so much, Wendy. I I love hearing you share. Every time I hear you share, I hear something new and just exactly what I need to hear. And tonight it was that, that willingness piece, right? Um, I, I And I love that you mentioned that, like, that part in the book is small, but it, you know, it, it's big in our lives, right? We have to live it in every step that we work right and I I remember doing a lot of work in step six because I wanted to know exactly what I was what I was being free of and um you know looking back on it now it was that willingness of just okay I you know maybe I don't know how I'm going to show up every single day of my life but I'm going to be willing to show up in my ideals and not in my defects. Right. And I'm going to be willing to try because I am human. And, and that means that my defects are going to come up. Right. Um, I, yeah, I just really wanted to thank you. I needed to hear your message tonight about that willingness. Um, You know, when, when life on life's terms happens, it's so, it's sometimes for me tempting to, to not, you know, to, to not, turn over that that defect and not um you know be the bigger person but it always feels so much better to be the bigger person you know and, and you know when I when I can't that's when I have to make amends and you know I had an example today you know dealing with my mom and you know where I snapped at her and I felt it immediately you know and I could apologize immediately, right? And and I, I reflected afterwards on how those steps have, have changed that for me, right? Like they have made it so that I can recognize immediately instead of not even caring, right? Let alone recognizing not even caring, right? How I treated people. So um, thank you so much again, Wendy. Thanks to everyone in
6: service. And uh, yeah, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Melissa. And next we have, um, Eileen. Thank you, you, Francesca. Hi, I'm Eileen, compulsive overeater vomiter. And I'm so glad God told me to come to this meeting today. I, you know, I just, I just, it was something just log on and just listen, you do not say anything, but Wendy, oh my God, you said so many beautiful things and everybody's shares have been so powerful. And, and I, you know, when I look at my defects, I, I too refer to them as defaults because those were the things that I used to keep me safe. And those are the things I, even before food, those defaults go way back, but that's how I survived growing up. And I think, you know, rather than looking at it, like I'm defective, I look at it as, you know, how can I change that to be more of a positive thing rather than, beating myself up for it you know um and something the story that you shared touched me because thinking about um my mom's been gone a really long time and i was not in recovery my dad's been gone up 27 years i think my mom's been gone 17 i was in recovery i came in in 1989 but i wasn't working the program and to hear the way you dealt with that discomfort and and I just, you know, I there's an amends I need to make, you know, because I didn't have the patience for my mom. And um, wow, um, I don't see it so much with my dad, but with my mom, you know, I really didn't. I wasn't of service. I was too self consumed with myself and my business, and um, yeah. So you know, the joy is to be able to look at that. And see, you know, what recovery allows us to do, how we can do things differently. And my parents aren't around anymore, but there are other people that I can be of service to. And, you know, as well as making an amends, you know, to to my mother's spirit, you know, um, I can do a living amends by treating people fairly. And there have been times in these Zoom rooms that I just want to kill someone. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, the couple. not years you keep doing that, you know, and like, OK, I don't say that. But I also get to look at that and go, OK, take a deep breath. What about that is reflected about you and, you know, just changing my behavior. That's that's what this program has taught me. And um, and I am so grateful. And, you know, I'm grateful I don't have to use food today. I'm grateful I can feel these feelings and be present and learn and grow every day. This is a process. I love what somebody said about, you know, we're students. I mean, except I don't get to graduate, nor do I want to because without this program I might be dead. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you for your share. And um, thank you to everyone for this meeting.
0: Okay, we're going to stop the recording now for unrecorded shares. Thank you, Francesca.